Good afternoon, YouTube! Welcome to Spectator Diff, a new podcast from the two most underpaid spectators in Overwatch. Probably. Uh, my name is Brad. This is Matt over in that panel over there. And uh, we decided to start a podcast to break down professional Overwatch matches because we have opinions and gosh darn it, someone needs to hear them. Uh, we'll be focusing largely on Overwatch League and contenders, but who knows what the season will bring. We'll be here every week on Mondays around this time, 12.30 Eastern, to discuss the happenings in Overwatch Esports and Overwatch at large. We'll cover any major headlines, break down each uh, a match of the week, um, hit you with some predictions for the next week, and uh, then we'll get the hell out of here, because we have lives and other things to do. So... <clears throat> You can catch our streams and VODs here on YouTube, and we will be uploading the audio of each episode to a podcast feed as well, so make sure you subscribe to Spectator Diff, both on YouTube and wherever you consume mainline podcasts. Uh, podcast coming, oh, at the end of this week, according to the show notes. Matt, thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yep. So, without further ado, we've got some kooky headlines this week, because uh, I was a bad student and didn't read the show notes ahead of time, so uh, why don't you get us started? Yeah, happy to. Uh, headline numero uno. No more Overwatch 2 betas. Uh, John Spector said it on Twitter this week. We don't get to see Overwatch 2 again until October 4th. So make a paper change. Start your countdown clocks. Uh, it is really less than two weeks away. TBH, um, fitting another beta in that two-month window would probably be a little bit wonky on account of the betas typically lasting four weeks and, like, I don't know, do you give beta access just to roll right into the main game? Most people would say yes, that'd be great, but Team 4 has decided no, we don't care about you. Play Overwatch 1, you nerds. Um, I know, Brad, you and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, I think Dante on Twitter had something to say about this being a pretty massive bummer um to folks in the professional scene if you want to drop some thoughts there. Yeah. So I I will just like I will go off of the point like it doesn't make sense time frame wise for there to be another beta for at least the general consumer i mean there is not really there's not a really a good way to fit this in between now and, and october um it would certainly be nice it raises a few other concerns for the actual health of the game at large but you know i don't i can't blame them for the decision and i really can't um you know i i get it uh, but in regards to the actual pro scene, Dante was uh, particularly adamant about the fact that this is career-ending for some players in certain aspects because these players do not get to play um, the second game. They don't get to play Overwatch 2 unless they're actively scrimming. And it's not so much of a big deal for this tournament cycle coming up, but... Going forward, if these teams don't make the playoffs, they're going to be going for weeks at a time without playing the beta. Or, I mean, Overwatch 2 in general. And so it just kind of begs the question, what exactly is... <laughs> what exactly is the is Overwatch, or is Blizzard doing with this game? Um, I, I don't really... Uh, I was thinking about this a lot last night because it, it's, it's just such a strange thing. It's such a strange decision not to give your pro players just access to even an alpha build in the meantime. Because no, one, no one's playing ranked right now. No one wants right. to play. It's a... It's a absolute nightmare to play and the and everything's so different the pros might as well not even do it and most of them aren't for that matter um but it just begs the question of why they're not why they're not providing the players with something more to kind of keep this game going in the interim um i think it shows kind of the the disconnect in ideology between what players think the game is and what the blizzard devs intend the game to be 
I am very strongly of the opinion that the Blizzard devs never wanted this to be a competitive game, and they are still operating it like that, even if they have one of the more, you know, one of the bigger esports in the world and, you know, a very, very devoted competitive scene. Yeah, I mean, I think we all know Overwatch is certainly not a top-tier esport, but it's no. definitely nipping at the heels of being in that top top tier, and it's doing so with very little support from the company. So it would definitely be nice, you know, to see Overwatch become the comp game that it could be if Blizzard gave a little bit more of a shit about the competitive scene. But we did get some information from this new beta, we got a new stats blog from the devs, and honestly, it was pretty interesting. If you're into reading about statistics and takeaways um, and just dev opinions, which I think that the hands-on devs are the more interesting people to listen to than the, the Blizzard's communications folks, uh, because I think that they, you know, whether they view the game the same way that we do, I think they view the game in a way that is at least interesting and there were a lot of stats i'm not going to go through all of them the blog is available on the play overwatch site if you'd like to read it but the one thing that i want to point out what i think is the most interesting stat is they talked about how often teammates and other heroes died based on what tank is in the comp obviously the big change overwatch one to overwatch two you lose your second tank you lose a lot of heal, you lose a lot of shield, everybody has less CC. So your single tank, in theory, has a lot more to say about the fortuity of your teammates. And what we learned is that um, if your tank player is playing Sigma, you never die. Sigma shield go burr. Sigma <laughs> suck go burr. Sigma keep player alive. You know who doesn't keep players alive? Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball doesn't care about you. Wrecking Ball doesn't care about your friends. Wrecking Ball doesn't care about your team. Wrecking Ball only cares about chaos and destruction. And it's similar with other flankers and divers. Um, Wrecking Ball is by far the worst. Uh, I am not going to lie to you. I don't know what the... Let's see if I can pull it up. I don't know what the metrics uh, on the sides. Okay, so it's a. Uh, it's. I was wondering if it's like per ten. These numbers over here on the left of this image that I shared, if it's deaths per ten or, or deaths of teammates, and all it says is death rates of heroes when played with specific tanks. So I'm assuming that it's deaths per ten. Um, if you have wrecking ball all of your teammates are going to die uh, with 6.6 .6 on whatever this mystical blizzard stats scale is. And there's a pretty big difference between ball and monkey monkey. You're looking at six, three. And then as you start to move down, it, it slows off pretty, pretty largely. The big surprise from this stats block is that junker queen with no shield and no damage reduction <laughs> is keeping her teammates alive a lot longer than everybody else. Uh, Junker Queen is second only to Sigma and teammate survivability, which they note in this stats blog, what their takeaway basically being commanding shout is too strong, uh, which we've all known this whole time. Commanding shout is busted. 
Um, so, you know, a lot of that is being reduced in October. We think we don't know. Mm-hmm. There's no second beta or there's no third beta. We don't get to find out, but, um, Brad, I don't know if you looked at these stats at all. Mm-hmm. I'm interested <clears throat> to hear your takeaway, uh, on this tank lineup, notably Arisa left out of this graph. Uh, but I believe I read that she goes just between diva and doom. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think the biggest takeaway is, I mean, well, first of all, it's important to note that the, these numbers are taken from the entire player base, not just the pros, not just the amateurs. It's it's the entire entire player base as a whole. So obviously there will be some fluctuation based on ELO in that respect. Um, th- none of this is particularly surprising to me. I mean, Wrecking Ball is, it, it is effectively like having one less tank, especially when you don't have an overly coordinated team. Um he can get things done. We know this. A good wrecking ball player with good mechanics can carry a team, but the fact remains that he will be kind of out of the fight a lot of the time. He's not going to be frontlining as heavily as Sigma or uh, Junker Queen. I think it's interesting that you have um, sort of Zarya, Reinhardt, Diva, and Doom all kind of within a, a very small percentage of one another in the center there. Um, and actually a, a stronger showing from Reinhardt than I think any of us were really expecting, given the fact that he kind of evaporates against certain team team comps. Um, you know, I don't really know. I, I didn't see too much Reinhardt play in the in the beta myself. When I did see him, it was briefly because very easily, easy to uh, overwhelm him. But, you know, I, I mean, again, this is across all ELOs, so personal experience may vary. Um, we knew Sigma was kind of broken. Sigma's going to continue to be kind of broken going forward. And then you hit the nail on the head. Junker Queen's commanding shout is by far her strongest ability when paired with an intelligent team. Um, she's another character that does scale with ability and with coordination and, and scales exponentially. I might add like, that's not, uh, that's, she has, she's one of those, those heroes that just does a lot. And and is kind of like the very definition of the the feared power creep that uh, the Overwatch community um, rants and raves about on a regular basis. But I, 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 they've already tuned her down a little bit for this upcoming stage. Um, do we, does that mean we're going to see Junker uh, Junker Goats? Uh, may probably at least a little bit still. I think she'd do just fine with uh, Commanding Shout doing speed only or healing only both is extensive i think uh, i think the trade-off of one or the other is just fine and go back to the same radius that it was before i think that's a a totally fair uh trade-off and would probably bring her just fine in line honestly i don't think it would really i don't think it would take her out of the the running at all and i don't think it would uh change too much but it would at least make her a little more balanced but overall i mean yeah these uh, these all make sense to me. Arisa being left out, I think it's just because she's been changed too much. I don't think they've been able to have to have an, um have been able to get enough data from her because they've just been tweaking left and right, and it hasn't. She hasn't had a time to really gather solid data or playtime yeah. for that matter. Like she's everybody's been playing Junker Queen. <laughs> like, for sure. I mean, there is a hero weighted usage rate time. Uh, in this stats blog as well. And I mean, Junker Queen is miles yeah. above everybody else. The only other hero that even comes close is Sojourn, and Arisa is near the bottom. Which makes I think sense. The, 
I mean that makes sense. Everybody yeah. wants to play the new the new heroes. Like uh, like we uh, like I said, this is all a beta, so it's it's hard to judge anything solidly off of these numbers. It's they're good, they're fun little tidbits of statistics, but by and large, everything's going to be weighted kind of unfairly because everybody's trying the new stuff to see what what's different. Like that, everyone wants the everyone wants the fun new gimmicks, and and Arisa just doesn't quite do it, and you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that the thing that's left out of this statistic is uh, team comp, right? Because obviously with Overwatch 2 only having one tank, who your tank player plays has a lot more influence on who your supports pick, or at least it should. I mean, obviously there's a beta, is quick play, people play whatever they want, and that doesn't matter, but... If you're looking at a team comp based around a wrecking ball that's playing a lot of poke with like maybe a Zen Ana, and then you've got another team running Junker Goats with the double main support, and you've got like Queen Brig Bap, then of course your team's gonna die way less than if you're playing a poke comp. I mean, that's just like the whole point it's like the the zombie comp from last season that um the like sombra sombra tracer goats that they were running um near the end of last overwatch league season um your team just never dies i mean it doesn't matter what tank is playing the team never dies so i i think that that's kind of left out here my big takeaway and you know i'm biased i'm a roadhog main so but I do think it's interesting that Hog's placement is uh, up near the divers as far as team survivability goes, because I I am under the impression what I'm taking away from what the devs are saying and and you know different reviews and stuff is that Blizzard wants Roadhog to play the way people are playing Junker Queen. They want him to be a frontline damage sponge. But for, you know, 55 years of Overwatch 1, <laughs> Roadhog has basically been a flanker. And so I think that while these numbers are really interesting, like you said, this is only a beta. Everybody wants to play with the new thing. After folks are playing on Overwatch 2, 5v5, for six months to a year, I think we're going to see a lot of play style of some of these tanks change. I think that roadhog is going to be more of the um big dumb idiot in the front line kind of play i think you're gonna see a lot more arisa goats once people get things locked down so i think there's a lot of shifting to be had here but i mean i do think these stats are interesting um i think one of the coolest takeaways was that the uh win rates console versus pc from hero to hero are very close together um there is about a three percent difference up and down of heroes uh at the top and bottom and you know it's unsurprising your high accuracy high tech you know like high mobility characters are harder to play on console and thus their win rate is lower where your less aim, higher ammo, less mobility heroes are easier to win with on console. There's not much surprising there, but it is definitely cool to see that at least console to PC, the win rates are 
pretty similar. Do they say, uh, I, I can't remember, do they say if that's with like mixed, um, is that in the mixed pool or is that the two separate pools? Do you know? I don't know, but I believe that it was, yeah, okay. Uh, here's a table of unmirrored win rate differences throughout the entire beta split by PC versus console. I am assuming that it is separate pools it, and not cross-platform considering play. it's the considering it's the beta that's probably accurate i can't imagine that they're doing too much with the considering they just gave access to consoles they probably have kept it split so that that's the that in that case it's not particularly particularly surprising that the win rates are similar um obviously you are going to have fluctuation based on like the the really mechanical heroes definitely like that's you just can't there's no way around that even with uh console emphasis there's no way around that um but it's not particularly surprising it's nice to see it just it speaks to the overall balance of the game more than anything else which i mean even even with broken heroes there's always going to be something that's broken i it's impossible with 34 heroes in a game now it's impossible to perfectly balance anything especially across you know all elos for for god's sake like it's it's night it speaks to the balance of the game that the win rates can at least be that similar and it's i mean it's still useful data nonetheless it is still the beta and i fully suspect that at least half of the heroes themselves are going to get minor tweaks if not full-on reworks to some degree over um the next two months even i i don't think overwatch 2's launch is going to look anything like well I don't think it's going to look anything like the beta that we just saw. I think there's going to be at l I think there's going to be way more changes that we haven't even seen yet in the first like 2 weeks to a month are going to be really chaotic. Um I I hope that's the case cuz that means Blizzard will have done more things. But um yeah, I I think I think overall like it's it, it you're right. It is good to see that um that both PC and console can have similar performance. I'd be curious to see how the numbers stacked up in the uh, in mixed um, or crossplay. Be very curious to see how those numbers stack up, but we'll have to wait until that's actually available. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I agree on all counts, and you know we have um, Kanazaka Fox Girl support is coming in um, in theory around launch too. So that'll shake things up but hey speaking of games that are live and we're actually allowed to play overwatch one has an event coming up oh yeah you want skins you nerds you get skins overwatch anniversary remix volume three starts tomorrow at day of recording august 9th uh runs august 9th through august 30th hey use your tokens <laughs> those are going away use your freaking tokens don't be like me at remix anniversary two and miss the last day you saw your tokens use them this time uh because i really do not expect overwatch to do another the vaults are open by whatever you want between september 1st and august 4th and i think whatever tokens you have um coming uh, october 4th when overwatch 2 releases are going to be like the aladdin's castle tickets i have for the arcade that closed in our hometown when i was 12 so i will never get a big stuffed bear and you will never get the pink mercy skin if you don't use your tokens by the end of august yeah all you tons of token tonys need to uh, stop hoarding them like scrooge mcduck and get out there and get you that uh that good good uh cat girl somber skin and uh anything else I, I, and 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 the beach torb skin the goat of all time 
the best skin that Overwatch has ever created. Get out wow, there. I don't know. Grillmaster76 Also good. good, too. Also very good. Also very good. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, remember, the game is monetizing, so this is like the last time to get you... Uh, like like normal normal cosmetics for uh for the low low cost of playing the game. Um, yep. I, How well, many tokens do you have right now? God, you know? I, I have Off no hand. idea. I have no idea. I I on on Switch I've got so many on PC not as many actually. I'm gonna have to. Damn it! I'm gonna have to play Overwatch one. You're gonna have to grind. Aren't <laughs> I have you? to. I have to grind Overwatch one. I'm sad. Um, oh, sad days. Uh, I have like 17k. I'm the Jeff Bezos of tokens. Oh god. It's. I mean, it's. You know, after you get so many, like, there's only like a handful in on PC that I they I want at this point. Um, on Xbox, I don't even know how many. Because <laughs> I'm a loser has who has three different licenses to the game. If there is if. If there is one thing that most Overwatch community members have in common, it's we've all bought the game more times than we care to admit for a game that's about to be free. Uh, and speaking of price, you might have heard the news over the last week that Blizzard released a price survey. Basically, like, if we charge yeah. this much for skins, will you buy them? And the going skin price in this survey was $45. $45 for a skin in okay. Overwatch, which, first off, Blizzard, you can suck my hairy asshole. I will never pay you 40 I will never pay you the cost of a video game for a cosmetic, you dweebs. It will never happen. Second off, uh, Blizzard also came out and said after that survey that, like, hey, that was all based on random pricing. Like, that was a survey structure that had nothing to do with this particular game. So we aren't guaranteeing that the sticker price will be $45. However, if enough people say we'll buy these skins at $45, they're going to charge us $45 for skins, and I'm going to be mad. Okay, so hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. Everybody started... The, I, I heard about this survey, and, and the way I heard about it was because YouTube recommended all kinds of videos of people freaking out about this. Um, when the going rate for, like, normal cosmetics and just about any live service game right now is in the 10 to 15 dollar margin 45 is it obviously is astronomical and it's very likely that that would be reserved for things like um like epic legendary whatever crazy like ultra customizable nonsense because i mean you look at apex legends the heirloom system and now the heirloom skins which are like you you play you play things and complete challenges to level up the skin and it does crazier things and gives you all kinds of extra stuff. Like those are $500. If you buy the, if you buy them outright, those are $500. So I, this, this whole like 45, this whole like $45 for like a cosmetic is, is it a lot? Yeah, but it could be worse. Um, if, if, if Blizzard actually wants to make money off of this, like they're gonna keep your the average consumer price for a cosmetic probably in the ten to fifteen dollar range for like the the epic legendary stuff and then um you know uh heirloom that's the that's the word heirloom like cosmetics will be will be extremely expensive in some other direction even farther beyond forty five dollars i would i would wager that's kind of commonplace across the the free to play spectrum and it's I'm going to be honest with you. It is what it is because like if you're, if, if the game itself is free to play, you don't need to buy the skin. 
Like, right. it might be really fucking cool, and if it's really fucking cool, use your, if you got the money, use the money. Like, if it's something, like, if, it, if that is your hero, if that is your hero, that is the one you're going to play the most, you, like, you know, you know that you're going to be the one. Like, it's going to be unique at that point, because it's going to be yours, and, like, very few people will have done that. So, like, there's the uniqueness to it. Like, I'm not defending filthy capitalism towards this. I'm just saying, like, in the grand scheme of things, under this service model it's fine they like for them to actually make money off of this and profit it has to be more reasonable than that because sure people will buy it at that price plenty of people will but a lot more people are gonna buy the skin if it's if it's 10 to 15 dollars and at that point i i mean again Am I thrilled to be microtransactioned into the ground? No, but it's not pay to win. It'll never be pay to win until Overwatch right. goes mobile. And at that point, I'm not playing the game. So like I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah we're not it, raid shadow legends. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's you know, it is what it is. People are going to people are going to find something to complain about no matter what they do with this system. Um Overwatch fans have had it too good for too long with when it comes to the free to play model not reaching its uh ugly fingernails into the game system and now that we're here well uh you gotta you, gotta, you better get used to it because it ain't it's here to stay and it's here to stay across pretty much every other uh live service game um in in for better or for worse so yeah so hey that said use your tokens by august yeah. 30th and keep your <laughs> eyes peeled for the spectator diff patreon so that i can write overwatch skins off on my taxes there Moving you go on, <laughs> The last thing we have to talk about with this will transition us into Overwatch League news. Not a lot of roster changes this week. However, Houston Outlaws sources say the number four team in NA is looking to part ways with Pelican, Iris, and Piggy. I will remind you that Pelican was the rookie of the year last year. Piggy has been on Houston since 2020. Iris and Pelican joined Houston after they were in Atlanta last year. The same sources report that Pelican and Piggy, uh, they want to move them together as a package deal, not as individuals. And this move is apparently being spurred on by Dante requesting to move off of the tank role and come back to DPS. Now, the official word is that no teams have given any interest to Houston in buying these three players. So they are still playing for Houston right now. Also, I mean, I'm I'm working on pulling up Outlaws roster, so I'm vamping. Also, I mean, like, Merritt and Pelican have looked really good on DPS I'll call it what it is. Dante, even if he's bored, looks really good on Doomfist. Like, this feels like Houston really shooting themselves in the foot. Brad, your thoughts. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start by asking a question. What do you know what the source was for this? Uh no, it's been reported on Dextero, it's been reported on dot esports. Okay. And all of them say sources said ah, so that's all we have mysterious i love it a uh, little bit of mystery on this spicy take um so they don't want to win if this is true um they have sure no don't. intention of winning if this is true it also does signal to me that um that dante is not necessarily going to be 
the uh, the Junker Queen player that we were kind of speculating on. If he wants, if maybe maybe for the upcoming stage he will be because they're going to need someone to do it, and who knows where he falls in the lineup with Piggy uh, in that respect. Um, but it does signal to me that he has absolutely no interest in playing. You know, I, I mean, he doesn't want to be a flex tank. He was a Doomfist player because he was a Doomfist DPS player, and they didn't want to spend the time to teach the mechanics to Piggy effectively. Um, or rather, I guess Piggy didn't want to take the time to learn the mechanics in a competent way, which is understandable because Doom has a hell of a curve. Um, so, I, I mean, if this has any weight to it, Oh my god. I I don't know what they're thinking. I don't it does it makes exactly no sense because Pelican is 90% of their damage output at this point. Um Piggy for better or for worse has been fine. Um he you know, he does okay. He's he gets diffed a fair amount, but he he's looked better. He's looked better. He's looked he's does his job. Period. He does right. his job. Um I will say uh, if I'm if I'm Depay and I see that they're trying to move Pelican and Piggy, I'm I'm like I'm looking to press. I'm like spamming the buy now button on eBay right now and just like yeah, dude, because because that's you wanna you wanna take Vancouver to the next level. That's like the easiest package to pick up. I know they just brought in um, King, but still like I I'd do it like, but yeah, man. I mean, if you have the money to pick these players up and you're yeah like a vancouver maybe a paris like i guess you're interested but i i think the reality is that like so you're looking to send a tank and a dps player off as a package duo so right there you've got to find a team that is interesting and interested in opening up a slot on their tank roster and on their dps roster and they're wanting to open up for a tank that does not or excuse me that hasn't played tank basically all season what i'm really confused about is if dante moves to dps and houston dumps piggy who plays tank i mean do you pick somebody up like do you try and find somebody do you shift somebody over like what is the if your goal is to move dante to dps what is the end game with dropping your other tank so this definitely, I mean, this is not happening this stage. There's no way. It's This is at the earliest. At the earliest, this is next stage. I would be, I would be willing to bet that if this has merit, if this has weight, it will not happen until the postseason. Because trying to make this switch this close to, to the Countdown Cup and Grand Finals... Um, makes no sense. It's effectively suicide for the team. Now, does changing does not changing versus changing their roster this late in the season give them even like top ten? I mean, they're going to be top ten. It doesn't give them a chance to win the whole thing. Probably not. There's there is very there are very few scenarios in my mind where Houston comes out of this season um, higher than you know top well higher than top four. Like I don't see them. I don't see them in the in the grand finals. Not with the showing. Not with the showing that they gave in the past two tournaments, and not with their just general inconsistency um, throughout the season. Their entire comp right now is built around Dante. Like they have the one thing. The one thing is the Doomfist dive. That's that's it. It looks good. 
like 70% of the time. And then the other 30%, it's it doesn't work because they get countered. Um, Piggy, like I said, has been looking better, but the team hasn't been built around his comps. So, like, it's they're still all over the place. So, like, there is some... Um, there is some logic to like saying, you know, like let's let's restructure and have like they have to b get a new tank, like straight up. But then they'd also need to get another DPS player. Iris, I'm not like, I, I I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty on on the Iris choice. Honestly, I I that he's not the problem. None of like none of what he does is the problem. I suspect he's only in that whole conversation because of contractual and financial things i i would wager but like no matter what if this conversation is as is like they have to have to have to have their eyes on another tank that's just I, that's the non-negotiable in this whole conversation right yeah you know and it, to to kind of wrap us up here i think if you have a player in dante who really wants to move back to dps but has really shined in the tank role and your DPS line is good, which it is. I mean, Pelican and Merit are nothing to scoff at. Like they are good DPS players. I think you either put Dante in third chair and say, wait it out kid, or send Dante to another team where he gets to play DPS. I mean, I know he's been on Houston since 2018. I know you don't want to lose those legacy players, but like, if your goal is to please one dude, why do you try to ship off three people? And I don't know, like maybe Iris, Piggy, and Pelican don't want to be in Houston. Maybe they're looking to move. Maybe they want to get back to Korea. I don't know, but it just, everything about this <coughs> seems silly. Everything about this seems like not the way that I would go about these changes and i kind of looked through the player list i agree with you i think vancouver is really the only na team that has a reason to be interested in these players but yeah i can't imagine this trade happening by the end of no. the year i i really don't see it it just there's it would just it would kill the team there's there's almost no chance that like I, I their coach isn't an idiot like there's no way there's no way that they that they actually do this before the end of the season um I, you know I, I I really look at it more as like this this whole season is the overwatch 2 experiment and we're finding out players especially the veteran players are finding out if they want to continue in the league under the for, the new format because it is it is dramatically different. The feel of the game mm -hmm. the, and how it plays and, and the roles are now dramatically different than they were before. And and I do think that we are going to see, aside from Houston, I do think we're going to see another like mass exodus of veteran players at the end of this season, which is going to open up a lot of contract opportunities for contenders players. Um but uh, you know I, this all of this could be just come all of this could be coming off of the backs of just like little little talk within the team of like maybe some of the like the vets don't want to be doing this anymore you know maybe like maybe we need to go a different direction with the team because what we're doing can't be this one-sided especially if if they're rebalancing things left and right they really need like the flexibility the big thing right now is having a hyper flex tank if you only have one tank because you need to have multiple looks like it's right 
You know, if you can't afford to have more than one tank player, you need some someone who can play just about everything at a high level, and then you have to have a lot of flex on your team to be able to navigate those comps. And it, for better or for worse, ends up like it's just being the case with a lot of teams where you got players playing multiple roles and multiple, uh, um, obviously multiple heroes, but you know, fl flipping back and forth between different roles. So, I don't know. I I think. I don't know how much weight this this stuff holds. It's a very spicy headline at the very least. Um, we'll see. We'll just have to see. Uh, I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah, I am too. But it's time to move on. So we do not have a game of the week this week because Owl starts this upcoming week. And hey, Contenders managed to go seven full days without a labor strike. And hey! In Contenders world, that's not nothing. So... In lieu of a game of the week, it's time for some preds, baby. Yep, and I'm uh, going to use this time to fill out my my pickums because, haha, because I am a multitasker. Uh, you sure are, Brad. So we're We've, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, let's see what we got. We got to do uh, from each region to advance to the summer showdown. Uh, I mean, NA. Are we going to kid ourselves? It's going to be it's going to be shocking, Glads. Like, yeah, I mean, there's no. There's, there's why no. Why would you ever pick anything like, different? Than it's free points. And then East Region. What, what do we think here? I, I originally was thinking Dynasty and Spark. Uh, I think, I think Dynasty, despite their bad showing in, uh, in, in midseason, are still gonna be good here. But. Yeah, I, man, I was gonna go Shanghai Philly, um, but I think that, realistically. Shanghai, Philly, Seoul, Hangzhou are probably the top four teams in APAC. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> go still, still snorting that Philly hopium, I see. Um, yeah, man. I mean, listen, like, I don't hope Philly wins. I just know Philly gets into everything. Like, I yeah. don't... I don't have any faith in them doing well, but I do have faith in them making a tournament. That that tracks to me. Uh, we do have we have five games to focus on here, so but let's you're go, more than welcome to yeah. Let's just go for it. Go through. Let's go eat through each one individually, and then we'll talk about the ones that are actually worth talking about. Because I'm not. I don't. I don't fully expect to have a lot to say about all of these, but there are a few. Looking at this list for the coming week, that. Um, I, I actually do have have some thoughts on so let's let's start off with what will basically be the rematch of I guess the season now um London yeah. Spitfire versus the mayhem who do you think who do you think I take London I take London three one three one hmm yep oh you know I think I'm, I'm gonna give it to London as well I I ugh. It's this. This is gonna be the hard. I think the hardest one to predict because it's gonna depend on how Hottie, like, uh, adapts to the the Junker Queen. Um, I don't think there is any way around Junker Queen being at least in part part of the meta in the coming in the coming stage. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I, they get it in three. I'm gonna. Mm, Fuck it, three one. I I will. I, there you go. I'll, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna give him one. I think. Uh, I think there's a chance that they could overperform. Um, it is, and it's also entirely dependent on Hottie at this point. But like, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 optimistically say three one because we want to talk about Hopium. I'm I haven't come down from my London Spitfire high, so 
nah. <sighs> I definitely, I first see Hottie go doing well on Junker Queen if he picks it up. I really do. Um, I mean, I, I think the way that he's been playing Rhine is not that dissimilar to the way that Junker Queen plays in the GOATS comp. Um, I mean, and like, they also have a really good backline to play a double main support you know like they have a really good lucio in um i'm pulling up their roster now because i can't remember anything they have admiral. a really good lucio in admiral and like yeah i mean landon is okay and and maybe we see more of bone back <clears throat> but like i think this double main support you're gonna see admiral on lucio you're gonna see landon on bap you're gonna see hottie on j queen and then sparker shacks and backbone will do things it is gonna be it is actually gonna be largely dependent on how their supports uh handle handle the junker queen um goats like I, I kind of agree with you, but I also am not sure. I, I have seen there have been moments of weakness, especially when they when they're up against mirror comps um, in their back line. And, you know, I think I think they have the range to get them through the majority of the NA teams, but they're going to hit a wall at a certain point where if they can't compensate, um, if they can't compensate one direction or the other, it's just gonna, it, they're going to. They're going to have a threshold that they just can't cross, and it's probably going to be the same threshold uh, from the last stage if every if, if the teams don't fluctuate too much in terms of their rankings and their their overall, like, ability levels. Um, I, I mean, we are, like I said, this this first week is going to be the, the tried-and-true week. We're going to find out exactly how much uh, the meta changes and how much these teams have adapted to it. Um, I don't know. I think that's yeah, all that there I, really is to say about them, but go ahead. For sure. I think on the flip side of that matchup, like, you know, talking about oh, yeah. uh, a that looks like double main support, like, I don't have a lot of faith in Sir Majed and RuPaul. Sorry. RuPaul's looked really good, um, and Animo has looked okay. Sir Majed has looked bad. Their roster says they have someone named Kareev on support. I have no idea who that is. I've never seen it. Oh, bud. Um, <laughs> oh, bud. Yeah, so... I I just don't really expect Florida to look that good. We broke down that London-Florida matchup in uh, the first episode of Spectator Diff, and I don't feel like Florida ran away with that. I think no. London got nervous and Florida played well. I expect London to be less nervous and Florida to play worse, and that's pretty much that that's fair and i i will go i, I will go so far to say uh Kariv has has moved mostly to the to a, a coaching role um oh, okay cool. yeah but but was was and still is listed as a player but he he has moved mostly to uh coaching as of i think this season but right on anyway um i will because we didn't talk i didn't talk much about florida because i like london and that's just you know Same. I, uh I, that i Bad, bad spectator. Um, uh, but I, I, you know, I feel like there is there is a scenario here where where London really pops off and they're not London. Brain, brain, go away. Uh, <laughs> there is a, there is a scenario here where where Florida really does pop off and and it 
really comes down to their DPS. Like if Xe just decides that they're not going to that they're not going to lose the game, I don't think there's much that London can do about it. Um, because I do think uh, I do think that Xe is is a little bit better. Not a little bit. He's he's better than Sparker. He's a lot. He's better, better than, than Sparker. Sparker yeah. <laughs> like, um, I don't know if we'll see much uh, bone back. I I think we'll see a lot more backbone. Um, I don't know. It yeah. d- it depends. I, we'll see a little bit of it because they're gonna need Zen at some point, and they don't really have a Zen player otherwise. Um, and honestly, if if Hottie can pick up the <clears throat> the the Zarya, there's a good chance that like they do better, but. I went. I, I started talking about mayhem, and I went, I went back to London. Oh no! I know it's hard. Uh, if I didn't have the roster, someone yeah, somebody stop me before. Just let's let's next next match. Um, yeah, let's move on. Outlaws Excelsior. I think Excelsior is going to get booty bopped. I, I'm calling this three zero. Yeah, that seems fair. I mean, unless Outlaws dumps <laughs> half their roster this week. <laughs> Honestly, I think even if they dump half their roster and they still show up with four players, they're, they're gonna win. But like that's um that's mean. But like I don't I don't think Excelsior is really gonna show up much. This I don't yeah. I don't like the like what they have going on much right now. I I don't think there's a scenario where they beat the Outlaws, even if the Outlaws outlaw it up. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. Outlaws always look good at the beginning of the stage too. That's very true. And, um, <laughs> While everybody else is figuring it out, they, their 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 brand of yeah. chaos really shines in those first sure few does. weeks. Sure does. Uh, Jake's like everybody play your mains, and then they win a game or two. Also, like I don't know, man. Call me a hater. New York doesn't have Jonak anymore, and like, what is New York without Jonak? So yeah, there we go. That's that's my take. Easy enough. Um, this is another another at least worthy one. Uh, Gladiators fuel. Uh, uh, I'm thinking Glad's three one. Yeah. So I I agree that Glad's wins. I have no doubt in my mind that Glad's win that game. What's really interesting to me is that I've been listening to a lot of people on Twitch this week say that they feel like Dallas is gonna be really good on. Um, queen goats and that they expect dallas to pick up junker queen and play it well were these, i don't know how i feel about that and i'm interested how you feel about were it. these sources wearing shirts that said not a dallas fan because i don't believe that the dallas fan base would go go online and be like oh yeah <laughs> you know dallas is totally uh Totally gonna pick this up, and uh, I, I don't believe that they wouldn't do that. Actually, is what I meant to say. So I feel like it's just a bunch of. Uh, I think it's it's three Dallas fans in an oversized, not a Dallas fan trench coat. Um, that is that is what I I think the source is. I will say I'm I'm now that I think about this more, I'm going to give Dallas two. I'm gonna give them two for for two reasons. I think the gladiators always look worse at the beginning of a stage. They try way more experimental crap and 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 get really sloppy. And I I will I will maintain that I think Dallas will look okay in this match, but I don't think they're gonna win. I'll give it I'll I'll call it a five map banger only because it's the first map or the first match of the week. Yeah, I agree. Or, for, I could yeah. honestly see this being a reverse sweep for LA. I could see mm. LA coming out doing some silly shit 
and Dallas picking up two maps and then Kevster being like, okay, that's enough. You're done. And then LA winning out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think LA wins this game. I think it's more just how many maps does Dallas get? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm going to save these predictions before it like the window. <laughs> I've, I've made, I've learned from my mistakes. Uh, Atlanta, Boston. Are we going to sit here and pretend that Boston's going to win this? Cause I no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's fair. Um, we're, not. we're super not. I don't <laughs> understand the Atlanta rain. I don't understand the Atlanta rain and whether they win or lose. However, I understand the Boston uprising and the Boston uprising are not very good. So, um, I, I could see them maybe picking up a map, but that's, that's it. I'm going to say, here's what I'm going to say. This, this is going to go a deeper prediction. I'm going to give them a map. I'm going to give them a map. It's going to be map three. They're going to win map three. And then in map four, as the momentum starts to shift, they're going to see nine. Okay. Hundred yeah. I mean, percent. I'm calling. That is that is my certified spectator diff prediction of the week. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. It's um, on the internet now, and and I in in a week when we're we're back here talking about that game, uh, I will recant it. <laughs> if I'm gonna wrong. call this bonus predictions. Okay. And we'll say Boston loses on a C nine. Great. Love it. Great. All right, so so that gives us uh, that gives us rain three one, and now <clears throat> let me flip my hat around for this. Uh, San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco versus the Justice. That's why I wore red. Yeah, That's why I wore red today, Brad? Because the Justice are my team. Okay, the Justice are my team, and I'm ready to talk about them losing. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go on this one. And <laughs> uh, shock three one, shock three one, no doubt in my mind. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that Justice picks up a map on Shock. It's probably the first map because Decay will come out swinging. Happy will pop off. And Shock can't and win control. Um. Shock can't win control. It'll either be control or push. I'm not 100% sure it's going to be control because, to be frank, Washington also can't win control. So hey, that's going to be a clown fiesta. Um is there is there an opportunity for Washington to win this game? Yes, there super is. Do I think it's going to happen? No, absolutely not. I, I super don't believe it's going to happen. Could it be possible that, like, Washington picks up control, Washington wins push, Washington wins control again? Sure. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible, but... My expectations are really low. Shock is too good. Yeah. We did preds or we did rankings last week. Washington has no business beating Shock. I do really think they pick up a map though, because Shock will come in sleepy, um, thinking that it's just the Washington Justice, and they will forget that they are also playing Decay, and then Decay will get tilted, or or Pre will bench Decay, and then it'll be a three nothing. I don't know. I don't know what's worse, but yeah, shock three one. Oh, I. So I have. I'm going back and forth so heavily on this being either a complete blowout or or a five mapper, because yeah, you think you think shock gets swept by Washington, don't you, Brad? No, I I still think shock win this, but I think they dick around just enough to give them two maps, and I think they dick around just enough to give them the first two maps, and it's a reverse sweep. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I like that. I have I have just this 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 awful gut feeling that like even though they should win this 
like should should absolutely win this 3-0 like not even remotely close i i there's just a scenario where this being the first uh the first match of the stage for them that they they fool around just enough to to give up two maps and mm, i'm gonna hate myself for it i'm gonna I'm, that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna call it 3-2 i'm gonna call it 3-2 for shock i'm gonna say I, I will say that they reverse sweep them and just like yeah that that's uh, against my better judgment, that's what I'm going to go with. As a Shock fan, I've seen it way too many times. I know this story. Um, they're going to play. They're going to play Sam the first two maps. Sam's going to feed the first two maps. They're going to play Mikey the first two maps. Mikey's going to do fine, but they're going to they're going to stagger really really badly and just and it's going to be a just dead on cooldown kind of situation for a little while. And yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that feels right. That feels right. I did add to our bonus predictions. So your bonus prediction was that Boston loses on a C9. My bonus prediction is that Decay deadlifts a map against Shock. That's probably De fair. That's a fair assessment, yeah. I would say. Even like even if the none of the actual scores play out the, the way we predict, there is a decent chance that Decay is just the the X factor for for Washington at some point in the match, no matter whether or not they win or lose. So I that's totally reasonable. For sure. Um, All right. Moving on here. Um, so the next match on your screen here is uh, Toronto Defiant, Vancouver Titans. I have another focus match coming up um, on the the Sunday of this weekend. Both Vancouver. But yeah, yeah. I, I think this is the weekend Vancouver gets a win. They play Toronto and they play Paris. How many wins does the Vancouver Titans get? brad one and it's not against the defiant um fair i i optimistically won and it's not against the defiant i want them to get a map so or i want them to get a win so badly i want them to overcome the nonsense that has led them to this point so badly i want to see Depay start to really take this team to another level so badly do i think it's going to be the defiant no um <clears throat> there's a world where that happens there's definitely a world where that happens, uh, but even even the optimist in me doesn't think it's going to be Toronto. I especially with as good as Toronto was looking towards the end of the last stage. I I just I can't see it. It's it's hard for me to imagine. I I would say, mm, mm, Toronto wins, so we're going to give them the three. Um, I this is the part that I'm not sure on. I I could see them winning two maps. I could see them winning two maps in this. And maybe that's where I leave my optimistic take. Maybe this is another five banger. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give them two. I'll give them two because they've they've been in that position before. They've been in the position to, like, beat a team that they were uh, they were not favored against. And, and they've taken it, like, they've taken two maps from them. So I'll give them, I'll give them the two here because Toronto's not so good, especially going into a new stage that it's impossible. Yeah, I think that's really fair, and I 100% agree that that is all possible. I think that this game is a real toss-up. I think both the Vancouver games are a real toss-up, because to be frank, we have no idea what Vancouver looks like. This is effectively, in my mind, a new season for yeah. the Vancouver Titans. 100%. this space. I mean, we have no idea. I think Toronto blanks Vancouver, and then Vancouver beats Paris. 
but I think that Toronto is playing with a team that has played together. Hotba and Muse are good tanks. I could see Toronto playing Queen Goats. Kisu and although have looked really good in Toronto words. I mean, Toronto never looks really good, but Hisu and although have looked pretty good. So I think that Toronto comes out swinging and blanks Vancouver. And then I think Vancouver goes three, one against Paris. That is my, that's how I see this weekend going for the Vancouver Titans. That's reasonable. I, um, since we're talking about Vancouver just in general, it's I know it's a Sunday game, but I, I actually think I think I I will agree. I think Titans do I I really do think the Titans beat Paris. Um and that is their best shot at a win and their first win of the season. Uh Paris has not been looking good. They they had like a moment of clarity when they when their roster changed and since then it's just been downhill for the most part. I think Depay is the better coach. And I think Paris has a lot of just internal demons to work out that they haven't figured out yet. Um, I I'm gonna be honest. I I don't even think that's gonna be a five banger. I would I'm gonna I'm gonna say three one Titans on that one. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be reeling a bit from their loss to the Defiant, and then they're gonna they're gonna take that and like ram jam a win that was unexpected out of it. So I I, I think that's that's where we go. Yeah, I had so much faith in Paris in the first phase. Um, yeah. I thought that Wub looked really good. I thought Dove looked really good. Um, I always like watching Don and Khan play together. I really thought Paris was going to like put something up this year, and they have just not. So I I expect new Vancouver 2022 2022 ver if you will i, I won't but go on Uber to be better than the paris eternal uh this weekend but yeah i don't think they get past toronto okay i yeah i think that's that's totally reasonable so we'll we'll move on um spitty versus uprising there's london for sure dude. yep yep does boston get a map a map I would give Boston a map. I want Boston to be good, man. Like, I feel about Boston kind of the same way that I feel about London. And if I'm being really honest about it, it's just because I like Crimzo. I really mm. like Crimzo. And I want Crimzo to have the opportunity to win games. So, like, I think they could get a map. They're not going to beat London. There's no way they beat yeah. London. Even if London comes out and runs four maps of Reinhardt Rush, Boston doesn't beat London. I think uh, I, I, I'm wondering if all of this this uh, hopium stems from the fact that there's just such a disparity in the teams in, the, in North America because there's so goddamn many of them. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I I think I think Boston could probably pull a map out of it. I, I there's not really a scenario in my mind where they where London loses unless. Unless, unless this new meta is just a complete just wash for them and they can't pull it off. Yeah. Um. If if they can't pull it off, this, they might struggle this entire stage. But we'll have to wait and see after this week. Um. Yeah. I know not much more that needs to be said on this. I want you to talk to me about justice and eternal. Three nothing. Three nothing justice. Okay. I was um, gonna say if you tell me if you tell me Paris is gonna win this, I'm just. <laughs> 
No, nah, man. So that's the thing. All right. So like, you know, for those new to the spectator diff family, I've been a Washington justice fan since I started watching overwatch league. Um, and I like the Washington justice because I like Washington, uh, football teams and I like Washington because my family lives there. And so I am a diehard Washington justice supporter, but I am an honest justice supporter. And I will not lie to you about how bad they are at winning games. However, Washington justice really, really good against two types of teams, teams that they should beat. No problem. They can wipe easily teams that they have no business beating like none business, none zero business in like the LA gladiators. Every once in a while, they break one out. The teams they struggle against the most are teams that they should beat or teams that there's a world where they could beat them. Because if there is a world where they could beat them, we are in the wrong multiverse and we will never see it, which is why they will never beat the shock. And (laughs) number two, teams that they should beat, they always lose against. Washington can wipe Paris. Paris is really bad. I just straight up, (laughs) Paris sucks. And Washington could all go out and play 1v1v1v1v1 Overwatch, as they often do, and have zero synergy and run dive DPS with bunker tanks and a flex support meta, and they can beat Paris. And I think it's 3-0 Washington. Cool. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. Rounding out that uh, Saturday of games, we have the Outlaws and the Gladiators. Um, Gladiators, I don't think there's any question should win that. Um, Houston. Absolutely. Houston, because it's early in the stage, Houston gets at least a map, I think. Um, unless they drop their whole goddamn roster. Unless they, yeah, if they drop their whole roster, which there's there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> Not no. We keep saying it. We keep saying it, which means it's going to happen. It would be the ultimate Houston move, wouldn't it? But it's not going to happen. It's not yeah, going to happen man. right now. It might happen next stage. might happen next stage. Everybody it's not going to happen from now. Munich, everybody from Munich and 01 is going to go on strike, and then they're going to get picked up by Houston. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be Munich and 01 Esports versus the world under the guise of the Houston Outlaws. I don't really believe that. Nobody... Nobody under the impression that I believe that. Let's move on to the next game. Good enough. Shock versus Mayhem. Shock. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna give the Mayhem a map on this one. I think Shock are gonna are gonna sweep the crap out of them. I do. I agree. I, I especially especially this early on, like the Shock will dick around, but I don't think that Mayhem are gonna get get a strong enough grasp on the on whatever meta shows up. If it's even that different, like I, there are certain maps that's not gonna be different. All of the all of the escort maps are going maps and uh metas are gonna be the same. It's still gonna be that Sigma Sniper kinda kinda comp with with Zen backline. Like that that's gonna stay the same. That does not change. Um how how shocking Glad's pioneer the uh the the new Junker Queen meta is gonna kinda give us an idea of where this stage is gonna go. But it is gonna be those teams that that actually pioneer it and we're gonna see some if we don't see goats exactly in in the way that we saw it in contenders, um, we're gonna see something that's very still very strong and kind of crazy because like and simple and simple because Overwatch League tends to gravitate towards the most simple comp, uh, which yeah. is what 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 makes them different from contenders. I feel so we'll see if we see Junker Queen at all, Junker Queen meta at all. 
um, you know, it's going to be those. It's going to be shock and glad that figure it out. And I don't think that mayhem is going to have a have a, a dog in that fight, um, especially this early on while everybody's still figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I I think especially if Shock drops a match to Washington, they're going to take that anger out on Mayhem. Um, so I, I don't have yeah. a lot of faith in Mayhem. And honestly, I feel the same way about this next game, like Dallas, New York. It's 3 nothing Dallas. Oh, hold on. Sure. Hold on here. Oh, hold on okay, here. Okay, Brad. Uh, okay. So hear me out. Hear me out. Um, It was not long ago, uh, albeit just a few weeks ago, that... Fuel dropped two maps to New York, if you remember. Yeah, fuck. And then yeah. historically, historically, Dallas has only beaten New York once. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now... I still I still think 3-0 Dallas. I do. I, I do. I mm. can't. I can't not. I... I'm... I'm huffing copium. I can't not put Dallas over New York. I can't do it, Brad. I can't. <laughs> I'm still going to give it to Dallas. I just wanted to like toss that little tidbit of uh, of statistical what statistical facts. Um, what a stat that is. Oh, yeah, right? It feels bad. It feels bad to say. Uh, feels bad to say. feels bad to hear because I remember hearing it for the first time. I was like, That's not, that can't be right. It's right. It's true. Um, uh, I, hmm. Ooh, do we see a repeat? Do we have any other five bangers this day? Uh, we don't. This the, the Saturday, Sunday, no five bangers. I'm making a five banger. I don't care. It's not double points, but I'm calling it a five banger. I think they still drop sure. two maps because I think I think the curse exists, and I think I think they drop the first two maps and it's a reverse sweep again. Um, again. Nah, it's not gonna be a reverse sweep. It's gonna it's gonna go to five maps and it's just gonna be back and forth. That's I like that one better. I like that idea better. Um, so I'm looking I'm looking at the game. Um, on it was July third. Oh God, that long that ago already. Shit. Yeah, man. Dallas dropped two maps to New York. It was the second two maps. Um, yeah, and they are one in five against New York. Oh my god. There's no way, dude. There's no way. There's no way that Dallas loses to New York. Um, uh, and I don't even think that New York gets maps, but I also uh, statistically New York should get maps. I'll so say I'll say it this much. If uh I'm call I'm going to call this now. Um if New York pulls this out, um, that's the game. That's the game of the week that we talk about next week. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely care. It is. I don't care if it's if it's a three zero for the Excelsior. We're talking about that match if they win. <laughs> I don't yeah, care. Hundred percent. Um, so that's that's that taken care of. I'm calling it three two. I, I I feel good about that. Um, I mean I don't feel good about it, but I don't feel bad about it either. So like whatever. Um, rain and define. That's actually gonna be a. That'll be a, that's a tough one too because there's a yeah, there's hey, a world here's, where here's my upset of the week. Toronto beats Atlanta. I'll go with that. I'll go with that yeah, entirely. Toronto beats Atlanta. This is exactly um, the kind of match that Atlanta loses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is the kind of match that Atlanta loses, and this is the kind of match that Toronto wins. Yeah, this is exactly this would be so like I don't even know if I could call it an upset. I'd be almost more like I'd be also more inclined to call it an upset if if Atlanta like wins. Like <laughs> it's 
Because this is exactly, especially, like, everything lines up. All of the stars and planets and, and uh, astrological nonsense has, has aligned for, for Toronto to win this one. Because Atlanta's so inconsistent. Your top three team, ladies and gentlemen, is so inconsistent that this, this is where they would absolutely lose. Absolutely it is. This Ugh. is like putting two glasses of skim milk on a table and asking me which one has more fat in it. These teams are the same. The only difference between these two teams is circumstance, and I think that the circumstances match Toronto better this weekend. Um, also, has Toronto has live games coming up. They're doing a they're doing a homestand for a summer showdown, and oh. I think that that's going to give them a little extra motivation to try a little bit harder. And I. Still kind of think that Toronto could blank the Titans, and if they blank the Titans, they will beat Atlanta Rain. Interesting. That's a that is an interesting series of events. I think oh boy. How many maps do Atlanta You know what? No, this is this would be a five banger. This has to like if if Atlanta loses this, this has to be a five banger. Because they will lose in the most Atlanta way possible, which is they will they will drop the first map. Actually, they'll drop the first two. They'll start to reverse sweep, and then the uh, fifth map will be a stupid freaking C9. <laughs> like, again, like exactly Houston style. It'll be, it'll be real silly. Yeah, man. I mean, Atlanta has C9'd plenty of times. I want a gif of Nero saying, touch point. As he is ulting himself off point in that um, that Ilios game from a couple of weeks ago, I I think Atlanta loses this game just straight up. I think Atlanta. Yeah, loses this you know game. what? Yeah, yeah. I'm calling it a five map banger. It ends it ends on a C9. Ends on a C9 because that is that's that's Atlanta rain. That is your Atlanta rain in in 2022. Um, if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> this is this is not a democracy. Yeah, so to to wrap up our preds here, um, the matches that we focused on this week that we'll touch back on for our official like scores next week. We have London beating Florida, LA beating Dallas, San Francisco beating Washington, Toronto beating Vancouver, and Vancouver beating a Paris. Bonus predictions: Boston and Atlanta both lose on a C nine. And decay deadlifts a map against San Francisco. Anything totally... else you'd like to throw into predictions this week? That's ah, totally reasonable. I, I think there are probably. I, I know we predicted specifically two C nines. There's probably at least one or two more that we didn't touch upon. Um, I would say likely in the if in most likely, most likely probably in in the Dallas Excel game. And if we're being real, probably the Shock Justice game. Um, there's, oh God, there's, yes. there's one, there is one hidden in either one of those games. And one of them is specifically going to be egregious, <laughs> like very silly tits to the wind on which one it's going to be or who's going to, who's going to perform it. But I, I, I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my bones. It's going to happen. I don't like it. Probably going to be the shock. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to write it down. Don't write it down. I refuse to manifest this. Yeah, I'm I not putting that, that Washington. I think that Washington C9s more maps than they win this weekend. Ooh. 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 Yeah. 
Ooh. I do. I do think that. I straight up do think that. Um, and that sucks. That sucks because I have them blanking Paris. But I still think they see nine more maps than they win this this weekend. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah man. I do. Good I enough do. for me. I, one of these days we'll do a whole podcast about how I would fix the Washington justice. But that's a story for another day. That'll Today, be for a, for a future Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, right? So that I can write skins off on my taxes today, though that will do it for this episode of Spectator Diff. Again, please subscribe to us here on YouTube or if you're listening to the audio of the show, which you will be able to by the end of this week. Subscribe Woo! on your podcast app of choice. You can follow me on socials at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. And me on socials at last call underscore gaming. And until next time, just remember... We're better at watching Overwatch than you. Bye, everybody.